the reality is that if you're doing those tasks that or don't make your heart happy and they're just a bit more menial, to, so to speak, as well, um, they're not something you enjoy, what are you foregoing when you do that that you could be doing something else? I mean, you know, could you be doing basic admin work when you could be doing, you know, more coaching and actually, you know, spending more time with clients? Thought Leaders Business Lab is for you, the business owner, entrepreneur, the expert in your field who wants to be seen and heard as the influential thought leader in your industry. My name is Samantha Riley and I've been building and growing businesses for over 26 years and I've learned there are three key areas to your success, your mindset, your talents and the people you surround yourself with. Each week, I interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they've used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome back to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Here for another week, another Monday episode, and I'm back again with my co-host for today, Leon Flitton. I said it again, Leon. <laughs> Welcome back, Leon. <laughs> I just got invite back. That's pretty good. I know, but I really need to start saying your name well. And just for anyone that's listening that thinks, oh my goodness, that is your husband. You should know how to say his name. It's because I call him Babe all the time. <laughs> I hardly ever call you Leon. Yeah, it kind of sounds weird sometimes. It does, doesn't it? Because uh, <laughs> even when we were overseas last year at a conference, you had babe on your name tag because no one had ever heard me call you by your name. <laughs> yeah, like we said in the afternoon, someone called me Leon. They went, who, who the hell's that? <laughs> <laughs> Who's Leon? We know who babe is. <laughs> anyway, bit silly, bit silly. But, yes, we have, I have invited you back because we had quite a few people in the Thought Leaders Business Lab community that suggested that they would like us to talk about outsourcing. So I thought who better than to ask back is yourself, Leon, uh, to talk about how we have grown our team, and we've had a, a little bit of an explosion after the uh, over the last few weeks as well. So I thought it was a really great time to talk about it while it was so fresh in our minds, and while we're in the thick of hiring and training and all the things that we're doing because it's actually taking up quite a lot of our time. You know, time that is uh, the best investment for growing and scaling a business. Yeah, absolutely. And it is a bit of, uh, you know, the, the short-term uh, pain for long-term gain as well. So you've got to keep that in mind when you're hiring someone. Mm. Mind you, in saying short-term pain, like we, I think because we've been doing it for such a long time, not just in our business, but I've been hiring people now. I think I hired my first person within 12 months of my first business. I've been hiring people for 26 years. So I am made a lot of mistakes along the way and I've gotten quite good at being able to put this into a process and know how to hire, you know, how to train. We're not going to go into that too much today. Uh, but definitely one of the best bits of advice that I got very, very early in my business, say career, um, venture, adventure, <laughs> whatever it is, journey, I don't know, um, is that if you can climb a mountain on your own, it's not a very big mountain. And and what they were getting at was that you can only grow your business to as big as the the team that you've got helping you along the way uh, and, and hiring the best or hiring people that are really good at what they do who really love being part of a team can just 
completely change your business overnight. And, uh, you know, that's what we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. And I think part of that is the culture. So when you're hiring, you know, and and you can't do it by yourself, like you said, you really need to be mindful of the, the culture you're creating along the way. Mm. Actually, you said something just interesting there. You said hiring for something that you can't do. And I know that you probably didn't mean to say that, but let's touch on that first because so many entrepreneurs can do just about everything. But just because you can do just about everything doesn't mean that you should. That's definitely what I believe as well, that you can't you can't grow if you're not working on the business. And if you're doing everything in the business, then you don't have that time to step back, work on the vision, work on your growth strategies, work on all the things that that you as the business owner, the person with the vision, the one that's driving the bus, can't do. And that's what, something that was actually said to me, you know, back in my career, like whatever it is, almost 30 years of, you know, uh, retail was you had to work on the business, not in the business. Otherwise, you won't get anywhere. So that, that's yeah, absolutely valid. So not only do you want to do everything, if you even if you can, the speed that you're able to implement is greatly slowed down. Uh, and that's something that I see a lot happening is that people can't move as fast because they're just trying to do everything. The The most successful people in my world, I've noticed for many, many years, implement extremely quickly. And to be able to do that, you do need people to help you along the way. Not only might you be slow at implementing, but maybe you might need to learn how to do something and that slows you down even more. You've got a learning phase, you've got a trial and error phase, you've got the phase that it takes you to get to your 10,000 hours so that you're good at something and that can really hold you up. So I'm a big believer in Mm, let's just pass all of that and get someone who knows what they're doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think so because it does actually take such a long time to, you know, learn a new skill or even just, I'm not sure how that works, go and work it out and then get back to what you're doing. In that time, what have you not done? So, yeah, we'll, we'll move on from that, but that's a crucial point. Absolutely. So hopefully you're already at the point where you know that you need to hire someone to grow your business. Let's how about we debunk some myths, Leon? That sounds great. Let's do that. Okay. Well, we've got some notes here. Why don't you take us off? What's the, the first myth that we that we see or hear from people? So one of the, the funniest ones I think is that uh, people that move from, uh, you know, a state where they're working together with someone in an office and they move to an online world, that they then think they need to have someone sitting next to them. So, um, yeah. and I know that uh, you, you've, you've run... Uh, a few shops and mm-hmm. uh, dance stores. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you find that? Yeah, when I'm working with my staff in the same building as me, it can be very difficult to work on the business because when you're around, they're always coming to knock on the door. Hey, Sam, I've got a question or the phone rings and you need to pick it up or you know, you're there and you're available at all times. I also understand the other side of the coin where it is easier when you have someone sitting next to you because you don't need to be as clear with your instructions because when they're sitting next to you, you can say, no, that's not right. Do it this way. I didn't mean that. Where if you're telling someone, uh, you know, you need to do this task and here's the system and you need to follow along, 
if they're unable to follow it, it can be very tricky. So I understand why people feel like they need someone sitting next to them, but I think that it's a lot more productive to not have someone sitting next yeah, to you. Absolutely, yeah. I know there was that knock on the door with, hey, boss, got a couple of minutes, and then half an yeah. hour. <laughs> a couple of minutes always <laughs> turns into a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's the first myth that you need to have someone sitting next to you. The second one that we've come up with is that people think that by hiring someone, they'll instantly get their time back. So I, I see this a lot that that people get to the point where they just can't get any more work done and they're at their absolute wits end. And that's the point that they hire someone. And that is that usually has disaster following it very closely behind. So what do you see happening by people thinking that they'll instantly get their time back, Leon? Yeah, so I think they don't realise that almost any job or, or new job anyone goes to, there's always an onboarding process. And some of those onboarding processes can be like, you know, two weeks, four weeks, three months, even depending on what the, the job is. So if you don't have, a, you know, some kind of an onboarding process running with it, if you just pick up someone and then expect they're going to know everything about how your business works, it's just going to fall over and you're going to be under the pump so hard trying to get it to work that you'll drop the ball. So is people need to assimilate into your business. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And without an onboarding process, it just doesn't happen. Absolutely. Onboarding and training. You know, if you flip the idea and think, you know, are you able to go and start working for someone else tomorrow with no idea what their business does, with no idea of the culture, with no idea of, you know, the systems and procedures of that business and without anyone telling you what to do, what would happen, you know, and you need to think that that's exactly what's happening the other way around, that you do need to onboard, train and and assimilate that that virtual assistant into your business. Yeah, because otherwise they're just, you know, they're just flailing around trying to find their way and they don't have direction and they don't know how fast things should happen, what should happen, when, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that, mm. that's pretty important. Totally. And what's the third myth that we've noticed? So this is an interesting one that you can hire one VA to do all the things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The social media, the writing content, editing videos, lead generation, looking after your website. There are people out there that still believe that that is a possible person or that is a person, but let's debunk that right here. There is no such thing as a super VA. The same way that you can't do all of those things, there is no one else that can do all of those things. So we're going to cover just a little bit later on how you can make sure that you hire for all of those jobs without um, needing one person. Yeah. And and just a word of caution, if there's someone that tells you that they can do all those things, don't hire them. <laughs> I think that's the uh, jack of all trades, master of none. Absolutely, absolutely. But, you know, there are people out there that say they can do that and, of course, because they're desperate for a job and they think that they can fluke their way through it and it that it just won't end well. It will end badly. It will end in tears on both sides. So there is no super VA. Don't get talked into thinking that there is. Yep, for sure. All right, let's talk about some of the problems that we see. And we've talked about this first one a little bit already, that people expect virtual assistants to be able to read their mind, to just know what you want. I heard a bit of a funny story years ago by someone that hired a virtual assistant and didn't reach out and speak to them for six months and was so embarrassed as time went on by how long they'd been on their team that he just kept paying them. 
<laughs> what? Because he was too embarrassed <laughs> to reach out and say, I don't know what to tell you to do. And she, I think what happened was she was too scared to reach out because she was enjoying being paid for nothing. So <laughs> they both just didn't job? speak. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know. I, I don't think I'd like that. You'd be, every week you'd be thinking, sure, this is going to end soon. This is going to end soon. <laughs> you could have picked up another job on the side as well. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and I know, pe- I know people that have done that too. Uh, I know someone else that, that had a team member that he wasn't handing over very much work and then his VA used that time to pick up another client. And then what happened is as soon as his workload increased and he started handing it over to the VA, the VA couldn't manage it all. So you're better off to be upfront right from the beginning with the amount of hours and the expectations. Um, and don't expect them to read your mind. Make sure that you keep the lines of communication open. Again, we're going to talk in another episode around how we manage our teams, but Culture is really important. Understanding that your your virtual team is part of your in real life team. Just because they're not sitting next to you doesn't mean they're not part of your team. And and having team meetings and regular Zoom calls and catch ups with your team is really really important. Yeah, I think and that's a really good point. That obviously you need to go pick this up in another episode because I think it needs a lot more time spent on it and exactly how you do go about managing those processes. Mm, totally, really important. So what's the second problem that we see, Leon? So while you're doing everything yourself, when you go to hand over to a VA, if you haven't put systems in place and, and processes in place, it's going to all fall over really quickly. So what's mm. in your head, you know, you need to be able to get that across to the VA. But remember, they're learning. So when there's no systems in place and no procedures in place, it's going to fall over. Mm. Even if they weren't learning, no one can read your head. You, you can't read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I know sometimes I, I'm quite disappointed in that. I try it sometimes. <laughs> but, I just know the um, looks. <laughs> yeah. you know, what come I now, now, come now. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, okay, nothing. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely um, that's a big problem that we see is having no systems and procedures in place uh, and expecting tasks to get done. Now, we are going to talk in a little bit about how you can work around that. There is a workaround, but you need to be very aware that you need systems and procedures, but you don't necessarily need them in place before you hire, but you do need to have the system of how you're going to create that in place. Absolutely. So, and I think that probably leads into the the next point we're going to make, mm-hmm. and that's that's all comes hand in hand. Because one of the other problems that we see is that they don't provide training for Mm, the the new person. Absolutely. Yeah, you have to provide training. And I think a really important part of this is not just training on how to do a task, but I think that this next bit is even more important than the training for the task. It's giving context to what the task is. So what is the context regarding the job that you've assigned to your virtual assistant? And I found that this is the the piece that is more crucial than the training itself. We have a system that we use in our team where we hand over the task or and we do this together on a Zoom call. This is the task. We talk about the criteria um, or, you know, what the task is, give context, and we talk about what happens if they don't follow the system. You know, if you don't follow this system, this is what will happen, A, B, C, D. All of these things will go wrong. As opposed to if you get this right, 
all of these things will happen and we'll get, you know, we'll achieve success with that task. And then we talk about the criteria to achieve success in that task. And what that does is gives context to the all of the team around how important they are to each different piece. It gives context to the team in that they understand how they all need to work together. And it gives context in that they understand how important it is that they make sure that they get their tasks right for the rest of us to, you know, whether it's for the rest of the team so someone else doesn't fail because they haven't handed off a job properly or just straight out, you know, they might drop the ball and, and create something really dire for for the company and, and make a big mistake that could cost us thousands and thousands of dollars, which has happened before, you know. Like I said, we've made the mistakes. <laughs> <laughs> so context is really, really important. Yeah. And if you think about and you'll probably talk about this more in, in upcoming episodes, but the ownership that you give that team member for that task and the context around what it does if you do or don't do it and what the effect is, is crucial. So giving that ownership, you know, up front and explaining where their place in it all is, is pretty important. Mm. I also think it brings the team together in that they understand that they're all important in different ways. There's no one person that's, you know, so much better than everyone else because everyone has their own tasks and understanding how all those tasks come together to create one project is really, really important. And uh, I really like that everyone, you know, also takes ownership for those tasks. I'll have to get all corporate now and go, team, together everyone achieves more. (laughs) (laughs) That was very corporate, but also very applicable. Which brings us to the next problem that we see, and that's people uh, not including or understanding that their VA is part of their team. So not including them in team trainings, weekly calls, weekly check-ins. Our team checks, we check in with our team every day, don't we, Leon? Yeah, every day. And then we actually have uh, a couple of catch-ups. So, you know, for different, we use different ways of communicating with our team, but we, we definitely have two face-to-face catch-ups per week with, with the team. So, you know, whether it's using Zoom or whatever it is, but um, yeah, to really make sure there's a good connection there and, and everyone's on the same page. Now, I did, you may have picked up that I sounded a little bit unsure then when I asked Lee on that. And that's because I am not on every call because Leon manages our team. I am definitely on at least one or two calls a week, but I'm not on every call because I don't need to be. That's why you have a team. That's right. <laughs> but I definitely still do jump on because I, I want to, you know, make sure that I'm still catching up with them every week. They can see my face and theirs and, you know, so they understand that we're all working together. Yep. Awesome. All right. So let's start jumping into actually how do you grow your team? And I think the very first thing you need to look at is who do you hire first? And this is a question that a lot of people ask us, you know, how do I know who to hire first? Who do I hire so one of the things that you know we did when we first started, and we recommend that that um, you know someone that's a startup or, and not very experienced at, at hiring team members, something they can do is to actually will we put a bit of a process together um, so that you can work out who to hire first. So the way to do this is to make a list of all the tasks that you do on a daily, a weekly, or a quarterly basis. So this is going to be a really long list. So get it out of your head, everything that you do daily, weekly, or quarterly. Then circle in red the tasks that you struggle with 
or that you hate the most. And these are the ones that take you usually an overly long time or the ones that you procrastinate on. So out of on a score of one to 10, you'd probably rate yourself a one, two, three, or four in these tasks. These are the tasks that are really the bottleneck in your business right now. So that's the first step. Yeah. So, and particularly, I think in this case, is that things that take you an awfully long time to do. Mm, definitely. Because they're normally the ones that we're not so good at or that we really hate. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. So second circle in orange, the things that you don't mind doing, but you really don't love them. They're just the task. They're okay. They still take you a while. They're the things that you really wouldn't mind to hand off to someone else. On a scale of one to 10, you'd be a five, six or a seven out of 10 in these tasks and circle those ones in orange because they're the ones that you'll be looking at down the track, but they're not necessarily necessary to hand off right now. Yeah. So this could be like more, I consider this the heavy lifting. So you don't mind doing it, but you could be doing something else instead. And while you don't mind doing it, it's still taking up mm-hmm. more of your time mm-hmm. again. So And then moving forward, your circle in green, the jobs that you couldn't ever see yourself handing over. So these are the jobs that are in your zone of genius. So out of 10, you're an eight, nine or a 10. Now these tasks are the tasks that are usually based around your IP your intellectual property. They're normally something that that you're tapping into your creativity. So normally, you know, pulling together trainings or workbooks or blogs or podcasts or videos. So these are usually the income generating tasks, the tasks that are bringing the the most income into your business or that relies on you for, for doing them to bring in the most income. This sounds like the fun jobs. It is the fun jobs. It's the stuff that lights you up. It's the stuff that you love to do. As my daughter yeah, does. I love that. I love it when you say that. It <laughs> makes my heart happy. For, and for mo- for most coaches, this is the this is the coaching. This is the client facing activities. And I would call Absolutely. the 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 red tasks and most of the orange tasks more like the backstage kind of tasks. The stuff that can happen, but you don't need to see it. It can just happen without you. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they're, they're my they're my favorite tasks to hand off. Exactly, (laughs) because everyone's got a zone of genius, right? There's a lot of C-type personalities on our team that love, oh, I, you know, think of of one of our team members, she loves project managing. I don't like doing that. I think that's that's great. The reality is that if you're doing those tasks that don't make your heart happy and they're just a bit more menial, so so to speak, as well, um, they're not something you enjoy, what are you foregoing when you do that? that you could be doing something else. I mean, you know, could you be doing basic admin work when you could be doing, you know, more coaching and actually, you know, spending more time with clients or doing mm. sales calls or something, whatever it is. Absolutely. That, you know, yeah, networking, networking. It's a big right. one, yeah. Actually connecting with joint venture partners or or other experts that you can be creating partnerships with. So uh, one of my first hires Uh, when I did this list and I looked in red, the thing that I struggled with the most and that I absolutely hated, and it was the, that one thing that I procrastinated on so much was my quarterly tax. So my very first hire when I was a new startup again, because I've been a startup many times, but my current startup, my very first hire was a bookkeeper. 
because I just hated it. And just having her take that off my mind so that I could concentrate on the things that were fun, instead of having this, it was almost like this dark cloud hanging over my head, you know, I couldn't sleep or I'd be doing something else and, you know, always be thinking I should be doing my bass, I should be doing my bass, you know, so that was the that was a bottleneck in my business. So as soon as I had a bookkeeper, it was just, yes, it was like, you know, the, the heavens opened, the angels were singing, and that was my very first hire. So that brings us on to point number two is that you don't need to hire someone full-time. Yeah. So I think when you've worked out, you know, what the um, what the biggest bang for your buck is and, and you know, what's actually the bottleneck in your business and whether that's in headspace or, you know, time, whichever one it is, the fact is you don't need to hire someone full-time but you need someone to take that pain away from you. Absolutely. Now there's there's three different ways that you can hire. So I just mentioned that you didn't need to hire someone full-time. So let's break this down. Uh, The first thing is out-tasking and this is a way for you to to outsource up just a task. And this is a really great way to get started. And I was doing out-tasking for years before, before we hired our first full-timer or part-timer. I can't remember which one it was. Um, but out-tasking certain tasks. So using sites like upwork.com or freeup.net, these are two really great sites. So Upwork is really great to hire someone very quickly what you do is you jump onto the platform, you put your job up and then people come to you and bid how much they want to be paid for your, for your job. So this is a way to get work done really, really quickly. So I can usually hire an Upwork oh, within half an hour, you know, 30 minutes to an hour if I really need to. But you do need to know what you're doing. It's a platform where if someone, an outsourcer knows that you don't know what you're doing, they can, they, it's almost like they can sniff it out and they can take you for a ride. So you really do need to know what you're doing. With a platform like FreeUp, this is really great. So generally you'll pay more for someone on FreeUp, not a lot more, a little bit more. But what I love about FreeUp is that you post a task and they find the right person for your task and they will just introduce you to one person. So if you've never out-tasked before, going onto a platform like freeup.net is what I would suggest over Upwork, but Upwork.com is a really great way to, a great place to hire people very, very quickly. And for all sorts of things from just editing a picture for, or editing some photos for $5, you know, up to putting a whole website together for a few hundred dollars. Yeah. The other thing I found too with, uh, with Upwork and FreeUp is when you're actually putting the jobs up, it actually kind of starts to teach you how to ask someone over, you know, online. So, uh, that's that's virtual how to do a job because you when you're standing in front of someone asking them to do it obviously you can pick up on how they react and if they need to ask more questions or if they're getting it or not but when you're putting a job up you know, on, on one of these forms whether it's at work free up or, or, or whatnot is you've actually got to explain it really well and um, be concise about it as well really good point it's a great way to learn how to handle hand over a task. So uh, outsourcing is is what people generally think of. This is if you take on a part-timer or a full-timer, they work with you regular hours every week. Now, if you've been out-tasking on Upwork, maybe you've got a contractor that has been working for you for a while and you might want to offer them a, a permanent 
uh, contract. So that's one way that you can hire or the, uh, we usually hire on um, a platform called onlinejobs.ph and again we just post how many hours we want the freelancer or the, the contractor to work and you go through a normal process of uh, interviewing and hiring. Yeah and if you're not if you're not sure as well to Upwork because you get to try that person out you actually get the chance to actually see how they they work and, and interact with you as well so that's uh, that's also quite a good thing too. Also means that you don't have to panic right at the beginning will I be able to pay this person next week. So if you're in startup and you're on limited funds it can be a great way to do it because the you know depending on how much income you've got coming in per week while you're still at that rocky stage you know where your income's still up and down a little bit this can be a really great way to not have a panic that I can't afford their pay next week because you might say oh I only need you know I don't need I haven't got any jobs for you this week so it can be a good way to um just to get going yeah absolutely so you don't have to commit too much to it so if you get the jobs done you need for this week like you said and then next week if you only have one job then you get that job done but you only pay for what you use if you don't have enough workers um so probably from that point of view until you get enough work coming through it's consistent for that va to do that will make sense mm. to use things like articulated so much better than me leon there's a reason i asked you to come on today <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we've got out tasking and outsourcing and the third way that we would suggest or the third thing we'd suggest looking at is a concierge service i absolutely love concierge services because this is where you get access to contractors and you don't have to train them at all. <laughs> this is good. So uh, for mm-hmm. de- there's a website called Design Pickle, which does unlimited design tasks for a few hundred dollars a month, or our favorite, Automation Agency. And Automation Agency has a team of designers, of automation experts, of web designers and developers, and you just put in your task and it gets handed to the appropriate contractor. So concierge services are really, really great. And we have we use a combination of all three in our business. We outsource. We have a regular team that we outsource to. We have tasks every week that we outtask to different contractors. And we also use a concierge service and we use automation agency. So we have a full-time admin and project manager. We've got quite a few part-time team members now and we've got other contractors that we only call on when we need as well as using the concierge service that looks after our overflow. Yeah, and look, one of the things I really like about automation agency is that you've actually got, um, they're, they're trained experts in their field. So, you know, whether you, if you were just paying for one VA that was your, general VA which did a bit of everything you wouldn't get the same amount of service that you would get from like automation agency where they're trained and they're kept up to date with you know where things new things are changing and new Mm. platforms that kind of stuff so you get uh, access to an expert when you need it and you know for some of those jobs you don't need to have that person all the time but when you do need it it's there but the amazing amount of tasks just the the way they vary what you can get done from automation agency mm. is just fantastic. So it, it, Absolutely. it stops a whole so lot of pain really. So I talked before about hiring um, my bookkeeper yeah. first. She was my first hire. My second hire was actually automation agency because I was at the point that I mentioned before where I was really, really busy and I just needed help like today and I knew that I didn't have time to train. So they were that was how I made the transition. I hired my bookkeeper, got rid of that horrible dark cloud over my head, hired automation agency, <laughs> got them to build out one of my programs for me very quickly so I had more income coming in and then I started to outtask and outsource. So that's how we did it. 
All righty. Let's talk yep. about the, yep. the third point. Super so once good. you've decided whether you're out-tasking, outsourcing or using a concierge service, uh, we talked about systems before because if you have no systems, uh, you're unable to, to really take on someone in a full-time capacity. However, we've found a workaround to this, haven't we, Leon? Absolutely. So there's no need to freak out about that. Uh, there is something you can do to get around it. So, And, and that is that you can actually – uh, get them to create a system as you train them. So get your train your virtual assistant, show them how to do the task. And so you do the task, then you do the task together. And then the third time they do the task on their own at the same time they record the process. It's genius. It's so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and then that. you've got the process there. You know, you do need to go back and have a look at it. You know, we, what we do is normally get a different team member to go through the process and see if they can follow it uh, or we'll go through a process and see if we can follow it or sometimes we haven't really paid attention to it that much at the beginning. Yeah, and a a couple of times we've had to review the process because, you know, software's changed or something as well so they might have to add add an extra step into it. So we have, you know, we record it and then we obviously have, you know, uh, written in point form as well so there's there's a video and there's point form so that they can work their way through it and like you said yeah best thing to do is get someone else to actually mm, follow it through absolutely. and see if it works it's a great way to learn as well back when i was a dance teacher if i had a student that was struggling to learn a step i would ask them to go home and teach their their parents so i used to let the parents know look you know Little, little Jane here is having a hard time. I've asked her to teach you the step. If you can spend 10 minutes with her, it would be really beneficial because what happens is when you teach someone else something, it helps you to get clear on what it is that you're trying to get them to do. So by you training someone and getting them to write the task and create the process, create the system, it's helping them to learn the process or system themselves more deeply. Did you get him to like video that? Because that'd be gold. Oh, look, there was lots of funny conversations afterwards, <laughs> let me tell you. And most of the time, the, the kids would come back and go, oh, my mum's hopeless. <laughs> but it was a lot of fun. It's a really good way to, to, to learn. So that, that's really good. All right. So let's talk about pay. Oh, yeah, this is always a tricky one to, to work through. So, and, and people ask, ask the question about pay, and, and it's just not a one no. price fits all. No. For VA, um, and, and depending on what you want, because you've got to consider experience, and you need to consider the, like their skills as well. So, yeah, are they trained, and how much experience in that job do they have? Because it's like someone just you know out of a training course isn't going to be anywhere near as good as someone that spent you know two mm. years in in mm-hmm, that field mm-hmm. doing that job. Yeah, so there's not one price for all VAs. I know that I used to hear all the time, like you know, back in like 2007, 2008, oh, you can get a, a VA for $2 an hour. Well, yeah, you could, but it wasn't, you know, necessarily a web developer or it wasn't someone that edited video, you know. It would generally be someone with a more ge- a more what we'd call a general VA, so more admin-based, uh, and it's the same now. Also, with the technical training and experience, you're obviously going to pay them more. Now, what I find really interesting here is that you don't necessarily want to pay the best person. Something that we do in our business is to train on someone that we feel has the culture that we're looking for or someone who who we feel would fit into our culture is probably a better way of saying it. And are they trainable? 
because if they don't fit into the team and we can't train them, it doesn't matter how good they are, it's just not going to work. Yeah. So if they've got some training in, in that field and they're, and they're reasonable at it, plus they've got a good character and, and they're coachable, then you're onto a winner because they actually assimilate yeah. your team better as well. We're going to talk in the um, in another episode around the questions that I use to hire our VAs to make sure that we get someone that does fit into our culture and someone that that fits into the way that we work. Yeah, yeah, and and I think just the other day we had a moment where um, you know the, the team's pretty good and shows initiative, uh, and they just did something other day for us that was um, just fantastic and. We were so excited that they, um, you know, they really took it on board. Absolutely. And Actually, it, you know. should we share what that that point was? Because the, I was just so – I remember coming into you and going, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, Leon, guess what, guess what. <laughs> so so we, we like our team to take ownership of what's going on and we just hired a new team member last week and we'd onboarded her the day before and we'd, and we'd set her up with some of the um, – with the systems and the processes behind the scene. And the very the access, next yep. day I got a message from one of the girls saying, can you please give access to this folder? You haven't given her access to this folder. Um, I need it for the training that we're doing at one o'clock. And I'm like, training? What training? <laughs> and neither of us have organized it. Our team <laughs> have just it. done it all on their own. And that was, oh, my goodness, I was so excited. <laughs> very, very exciting moment. Yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah. Brilliant. I love them. Yeah. So, so I get the four points that you need to to look at, or we think that you should look at before you hire a team is number one, who do you who do you hire first? So make that list of all the tasks and work out where the bottlenecks are, so you know what to hand off first. So there's things that you struggle with that hold you back, or that that you really hate the ones that you procrastinate on. Number two, you don't need to hire someone full-time. Understand that you can out-task, you can use concierge services, or if you would rather just have one person that works with you, then outsourcing might be for you. And get you probably want to be into, in a point where you're using all three in your business. Yeah, and definitely with startup, if you know what point number one is there with what's your bottleneck, then you can make a good decision about number two, which way to go from there. Number three is that you need systems. If you don't have systems, don't let it hold you back. Just understand that you will need to put some time aside to, to well, you'll be training your team members anyway. Uh, so put the time aside to train them. Let them create the systems and the processes. And that way, the onboarding system for your next hire was so much faster anyway. Yep. And it's probably good if you get them to it yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> they can do it. <laughs> then they can do the onboarding. <laughs> and yeah. number four, there is no one price for all VAs. Some of them are cheaper. Some of them are dearer depending on their skill set and also where they are. You know, if you want someone that's uh, onshore in your company, then that is generally going to cost you more than if you're hiring someone from, say, something like the Philippines uh, where all our staff are. And just remember when you're thinking about things like, you know, what price is right for a VA in in that point of view is to sort of think about, uh, you know, who you're hiring. Is it a general VA? You know, is it someone with technical technical skills, uh, a lot of expertise? And then you think about what you're actually hiring them for as well. So sometimes the problem that we see is that not about how much you're paying them, but where you're paying the right person. So that could be come down to, you know, the person with the right character that's almost there uh, as opposed to, you know, paying like twice the amount for someone that has like, you know, 10 years experience but is is a bad fit for the team. So make oh, sure you're paying the right person. So well said. So well said. This is one of my favourite topics, to be honest, growing teams because I know that 
to be able to take your business to where you want it to go, you can't do it on your own. And I just see so many people getting held back by being afraid to hire someone. You know, they're usually afraid of paying someone or, you know, thinking, oh, but I can do it myself. It'll cost me less. And let me tell you that it will always cost you in some way or another. And it's going to cost you in growth and it's going to cost you in being able to scale your business. You will run out of time. So, think about or you know go back and review some of the things we've talked about today and maybe start to just hand off one task even you know one task a fortnight something little that might only cost you ten dollars every couple of weeks if that's what you need to do just to be able to get going start growing that team start handing off the jobs that are being a bottleneck in your business and start you know being able to take it to the next level and use your time more wisely to grow your business. And I'd just like to say, you know, as far as that time is concerned and growth, is that time is the most precious commodity. And even, you know, if you think about what you can do, say it's a three-hour job to design something, if you gave it to someone else for 10 to $20, you know, on Upwork, for example, what could you do in that three hours of time that you just saved? You know, what does that, that mean? You know, so could you be coaching three more clients or – you know, developing a new lead magnet or whatever it is in, in that same time by handing that task off. And yes, it might cost you 10 to $20, but in the scheme of things, that's nothing compared to the time that you just made up as well. So Absolutely. Let's finish off by giving massive shout out to our team. Like Team Riley is absolutely brilliant. We love them all and uh, couldn't do it without you. So big shout out to you guys. So if you've liked today's episode and you know someone that you feel would get benefit from this, please share it. Head over to the Thought Leaders Business Lab Community Facebook group and jump into the discussion thread. Let us know what are your takeaways or aha moments from this episode or let us know what you feel we've missed in this episode. Maybe you're hiring a team or you've got a team and you do things in a different way. We'd love to hear from you because we know that there's no black and white in business. There's always lots and lots and lots of I was going to say grey, but let's go with colour. I think business is colourful. That sounds much much nicer. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much for joining me for another episode, Leon. And to you, the listener, thank you so much for joining us again and look forward to seeing you on Thursday for another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Ciao, ciao.